Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome to another episode of Foot Therapy with your host Dylan and Danielle. And this is going to be our fourth episode. Um, I hope everybody is safe and secure right now. And what's going on right now, uh, this pandemic, and I hope everybody's just washing their hands and social distancing. How has it been treating you so far? I am struggling. Yeah, me too. No, going not. <laughs> and I, especially for the students out there. I'm pretty sure everybody's listening to this as a student. Oh my God. Like, I saw to God that we was lit this 4.0 season because our class is online now. I was gravely mistaken. Classes done got harder yeah. and everything like that. Now that Yo, my, work tripled. Then yeah. I have no motivation. I can't focus. Like, I, it's this is just not it but this episode we're going to be talking about discipline and abuse and is there a difference the fine line between them or is there a thick line so my question to you my first question is will you beat your kids will i beat my kids back yes um <laughs> but i won't i rarely is gonna beat them they're not gonna get beaten often like they're gonna know exactly when the belt is coming you know what i'm saying like and maybe i should say um maybe i should say whooping because i guess some people kind of take beating as like you know to be abusive in that sense but um whooping but that's not that's not what jamaicans use so i'll be saying beating all right cool disclaimer all right cool proceed no i agree i agree I, i think that's a good thing to mention but um, at the same time, yeah, I'm not, my kids are definitely going to know when their time is coming. And I feel like growing up, you kind of expected the belt for anything, really. Like, there was, there was always, I feel like at a certain point, you kind of get used to it. Like, you kind of get, you kind of just got, you're immune to the beatings. And there was no really, mm-hmm. there was no lesson in the um, whoopings that I got most of the time. It was kind of just out of, emotion and anger you know so for my kids even like getting angry is something that i'm rarely gonna do with my kids i know you know granted well you get you rarely get angry as a person yeah so so. i mean being getting to that point where i have physically put my hands in them is it's gonna be like the same way i deal with people in general like it's um you like as a person if another person's messing with me, do you have to get me to a certain point? You have to do certain things to get me riled up. And it's going to be the same way I approach my children. I'm not just going to, just because I can, I'm not going to beat them because that's not how I am. Well, see, I feel like that's because I now, like, I have a child. So it's kind of like the way that I approach things, it's not, it's not you have to do something to get me riled up. Like, that's not why I'm, like, disciplining you. Or that's not why you're getting this ass with me right now. You know what I'm saying? You're getting this ass with me because you need to know what you did was wrong and that you shouldn't do it again. Yeah. And if words are not working, then, yeah, you get your ass. You finna get your ass beat. But it's not the emotion of the child or what, you know, it's not the child doesn't have to do anything for me to have to beat them in the sense of, in regards to my emotions 
per se or get try to get me angry in order for me to beat them like that's not why I feel like you know I've, that that I feel like where you're actually abusing your child now mm-hmm. because you're only taking advantage of the fact that you know you're the parent and they're the child you're the parent and they're the child and now you know you have this authority you can do this that and the third and now you're taking advantage but you know I think that even as a child you can tell when the beating is just carried out with emotion like you can tell when the parent is kind of separating how they're like objectively beating you if that makes sense Mm -hmm. this beating is for a reason this is another way of me um presenting a message instead of me just you know being upset and now you're on the um receiving end of my anger i feel like as children they don't they as i said they don't they don't really have the cognitive ability to be like okay you know this is what's going on that's what's going on so you know you have to use different methods to get your message across to them you know but um right it's a, it's a totally different thing even from the child's perspective when you're being beaten out of anger and when you're being beaten for reform you know right right so what do you think like do you think that beating your child whooping your child um or more so that form of discipline is like a form of controlling them that's a that's a great question you ask if i feel like beating them is a form of controlling them Yes. You take the bite at it first, and let me see what you have to. <laughs> I I believe it is super a form of controlling them because as a child, you're not and 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 not necessarily to control who they are, but to control their behavior. Like you can tell when a child is out of control. You know what I'm saying? And that is some that their behavior is something that. It needs to be monitored, needs to be controlled and held, you know, down to a you know certain degree, but not controlling them in terms of who they become or, you know, their mind or anything like that. But I do agree that, or I would, you know, say that, yeah, I do feel like it's a form of control only in the sense that it's to control behavior, especially from getting out of hand. Because I be seeing some kids that be cursing at their parents, throwing a tantrum, and they like, they're not two, they like 16, and just acting wild, and it's because they, they didn't have that discipline instilled in them. They didn't have that, you know, control, and that's why a lot of people don't have that self-control, where you control yourself, because it wasn't implemented from a young age, that this is what you cannot do, and this is what's okay, and this is what, you know, being able to feel it out. But I think there also, you know, is a difference between controlling behavior and controlling who that child is. Mm. So where where do you, when do you feel like that that line is crossed or that the line become blurred between controlling the way that you know the self control that they have or allowing them to know when to do certain things or what not to do, like keeping them in check, and then controlling who they are as a person what what actions do you feel like take place that kind of um 
blur the lines between the two? I think more so what really blurs the lines is when parents don't, maybe they don't know or they knowingly don't allow their child to express themselves Mm -hmm. um, in a way where, you know, that child is like doing his own thing, not really doing anything wrong, but you don't like it. Mm. Okay. And then you're like, oh, nah, this got to go. Even though that child isn't doing anything wrong or not being rude or anything like that, you don't really like it. And so you're like, nah, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I don't really know how to really full on explain it, but I feel like, you know, it's different when that child is kicking and screaming in a grocery store for no reason because you said they couldn't have nothing. So they couldn't have something. And, you know, that's different from when your child is, you know, wanting to play basketball and you're like, nope, only football plays in this house, boy. Like, things like that. Like, I feel like those are, you know, differences that can clearly be seen. Yeah. But I feel like they get blurred because of, you know, people, different parentings and what they want for their child and things like that. Yeah, I was about to say that, like, um, there's definitely the uh, example that you gave is a perfect example where, and, and it's very difficult. It's very difficult to, as a grown person, to see the things that, to see kids do things all the time that kind of nag you, you know? And mm. it's really just uh, a matter of maturity and learning how to control your emotions, you know? and understand things like i feel like with children raising children comes a lot with a lot of um understanding you know because my experience with danielle's child i mean with your child is like like i had to understand a lot because gabe does a lot of the things that i like a lot of things he does a lot of things i don't like in people like nagging or like like kids are always nagging. Like I, I, I despise people that nag. But there's a child. But most people would not like grown ass adults that don't that nag people, and then will tell a kid off or tell a a three year old. He's been on Earth for three years, bro, three years, and they will tell that kid off because they're doing something that they don't like. They treat them like grown people, like they treat them like adults, you know. Mm-hmm. But then they they tell them that they should stay in their place. But you know, um, I feel like, yeah, in that sense, it it comes with a lot of. You really have to mentally prepare yourself to be like, okay, he's gonna be around. I know that he's gonna do certain things. It's not the way that it's coming across to me. Face value is not the way that it actually is. Why? Because he's a child. Like, mm-hmm. he has an excuse, you know? He's going to grow out of it. I mean, he's literally four. Like, he's literally three, two years old. And it just really shows how much people haven't um, really learned how to deal with people in, in general, where a, a lot of life comes with being able to see the situation and then address it in the sense of, okay, this person is doing this thing, let me think about it. But they just act. There's so much There's so much just action taken 
place and they don't really know how to deal with kids. People will say they don't like kids. They don't like kids because the kids don't act right. Just in reality, the kid is not being the person that they want them to be, you know? And it's unfortunate because it, kids are mad confused. Like, they're just being who they are. Like, they don't, they're not thinking about any of Kids are not thinking about none of that. Kids are just literally being like kids, you know? Like, they wake up, they want to play all day, they want to eat, they want love. They That's all, like, they don't care about anything. And you hear bringing mad stuff to them that they don't, they ain't never heard about. You're going to tell a four-year-old <laughs> that they're nagging you? They're like, what? What are you talking about? Like, I just want to play, so... Yeah, I think a lot of the times, like, the things that, like, us adults or parents go through, we release it on our kids. And our kids become, like, you know, our scapegoat or, you know, that punching bag at the end of the day because we can mm-hmm. kind of thing. Where, you know, that's literally, like, <laughs> abusing, you know? And I think it's definitely important for us to monitor those things and also apologize when we're wrong. Like, and I know that is, I, I don't know why, but it's, it, it's so hard um, for us to do. Um, but we, sh- we need to apologize, you know, when we know that we're wrong or when our kids are like, um, why did you do that? And you realize that you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like even coming to that point where your child can, you know, come to you with those problems or things that they have with you, I feel like you're already on the right track. Yeah. Of being a parent. Yeah. And you brought up a great point of, you know, that doing that is literally abuse. Like, it's the definition of what abuse is. Like, abuse is using your power to do whatever you feel like. You disregard morality because we're going to be like morality or anything like that doesn't apply to you because of the fact of the position that you hold, you have positional power. And we have to also understand that beating your kids, that's not the only way that you form abuse on your children. It's not the only way you abuse your kids. There's a lot of things that is going on that, especially in the black community that we don't even think is abuse. Like just because we feel like, we're so used to it, and it's so normal. It's normalized. like just because we're not tying our kids up to trees and hanging them from nooses, we feel like, oh, I don't abuse my children. I feel like parents need to look at the definition and assess what they do. Am I using my power? Am I using my power to do things that I want to be just because of the fact that I have that power? Would I do what I'm doing to somebody that's not my child? Or that's not my employee. If it's just a regular person that I meet on the street, would I do the same thing to them? And would I want that person to do it back to me? You know? That's something you have to think about all the time, I feel like, in regards to how you're dealing with your children. Because whatever you do to your child, they're going to do to somebody else. You know? And they're going to bring that boy, they're going to bring that girl home that you've been doing all the wrong and abuse to. And you're going to tell them that they're stupid and wrong for doing so, you know, when you've been teaching them this all along. So I think it's just a matter of it's difficult. It's not easy. It's not easy. You're going to slip up sometime. You know, it's not easy. But I think the effort is what counts. And you're teaching that to your children. Your children are learning from you. So when they see that 
you're actually taking the time out to think about the actions that you make, they're going to do the same thing. They're never going to be hot-headed. They're never going to be, you know, they're going to learn what rationalization is because they see that you practice, you know? Right. They see that firsthand. And I think that's something that a lot of us forget, especially as parents or mothers, you know, fathers out there. You know, we forget that we don't necessarily teach our child by saying, hey, this and this happens, this, this, boom, boom, boom. Like we more so teach our kids by our actions and what they see. And that is something that, you know, certain things you will never, ever have to teach your kid, but they will know because they've seen mm-hmm. it. I personally don't feel like you learn anything to words. I, I feel you do. I feel you <laughs> learn like... very little words. Even if. I, well, it depends on the kind of person you yeah, are. Yeah, I mean, that... The way you, you learn things. That's true. In my experience, I've heard a lot of things from my mom, especially, to do certain stuff, and then she'll do the exact opposite of what she told me to do, you know? And it's not that I disregarded the words that she said, but they weren't important to me. Like, I didn't remember the words because what stuck with me was the action subconscious is not even something that i was aware of you know it was just i saw what she did what she told me not to do was what she did to me like she did it directly to me and when she did that certain thing to me i felt the emotion and the anger and the you know all of the things attached to what the action does in regards to just sitting down and having a conversation, like, or not even a conversation, but them just telling you something, and then it's done, and then we go about our business. There's so much more to what the action does in regards to what the words do. Like, words just go in their head. You truly learn things by seeing how the words apply. So, if you're telling, if you're trying to teach somebody something, that's why teachers usually well good teachers they usually tell you something and they have the visuals to represent what they're showing you or or what they're trying to come across because they're trying to embed it within you and show you how what they're what they're trying to say to you how it applies to what's going on and that's where that's how you learn application is showing application is how you learn things Talking about application, I don't think that's how we, I don't think that's where it's effective. Well, see, you bring up a good point there because what you've experienced is where your mom's um, words didn't match up with her actions. Mm. And I feel like that's also an important part where maybe you would have learned what she said if her actions, you know, you, you were more so able to pick up on her words that she spoke if you knew that her actions would always match it in mm. the end. Yes. So I think you know, the way that different people learn auditory, uh, kinetic, and then um, visual. And I, I, I don't think it, it's any different with kids. You know, it's just depending on your kid, which is why, you know, there's so many different ways that kids learn because, you know, it's so like, and, and, and this is where it, it is, it comes tricky too, where it's like people, parents don't necessarily understand that kids learn things differently. And they're so focused on, I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to do this, but not really paying attention to how 
their kids have to learn what they're what they're teaching them and the different ways and where which one more so works best for what they're trying to teach yeah and where the issue i think the issue mostly is that people in general and parents especially they don't want food unless it's cooked you know like they don't want they don't care about the process of anything and this this remains in like everything that happens between like the child and the parent the whole life it's like right black parents are infamous for beating their children when they're you know doing homework with them and they don't get an answer right like every i'm pretty sure every black person has had that experience of the fear that you have to get an answer wrong you know when when you're doing your homework and we all look at it and we reminisce but if you really think about it it's like then they're so that was not healthy <laughs> it's not healthy at all not... it's not healthy at all it's so, there's such an emphasis on completing the answer and you don't really ever learn how to do it because you're just focused on not getting beat on or, or not on the consequences that come with getting the answer right. You don't know why you should be getting this answer right. You don't know what's in the question. You don't know what you can learn from the question. But it's just the fact that, okay, if I don't get this question right, then I'm going to get beat. Now, translate that to school. They're in the classroom right? You're not there to hold the belt over their head when, you know, they need to answer a question. They have a teacher in there, especially if you go to public school in the hood. Nobody respects the teachers. You know what I'm saying? So you got the teacher in there trying to tell, you know, you what to do. You never learn how to want to answer the question because it needs to be solved. You know, how are you supposed to apply that in the classroom? You know, how are you supposed to treat that person that's telling you what to do when they're not instill, they're not trying to instill fear in you to complete whatever you need to complete. You know, you lack the necessary nutrients and essentials to be a good student because when you're home, it's just do this or die, do this or die, do this or die, do this or die, you know, and you apply the same thing to the classroom. And I feel like a lot of kids see, as I said, me and my experience in middle school, you know, my middle school was literally in the middle of the hood, you know, and nobody cares. Everybody's grown. Everybody's raised the same way. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody's broke. Like everybody's in the same predicament, you know? And so it's kind of like everybody's approaching that same kind of toxic, mindset to their learning that's why you know kids hate school that's why kids hate all of that because it's like they don't see the value in attaining knowledge because the way that things are taught they're not taught to you're not supposed to learn anything from it but you're more so focused on the consequences of what's going to happen if you don't do it you know right so as a as a man would you be your daughter or as a father, per se, would you beat your daughter? When I beat my daughter, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'd beat my daughter. <laughs> I ask that question because a lot of times, you know, I hear like, oh, like, you know, a man shouldn't put their hands in the, the daughter. 
or like you know like kind of that kind of relationship shouldn't happen or man it kind of gets fuzzy around that line man i don't know i guess i guess i'm gonna have problems because whoever whoever acts up is gonna ask what i'm i'm not prejudiced to anybody bro <laughs> my son is acting stupid you don't get that ass bust my daughter acting stupid she gonna get that ass but i think um it's not just beating them as you said in general, how you, why you beating your kids and how you beat your kids or how you whoop your kids or rear your kids is um, important. And if your daughter is getting straight washed every time you want to discipline her, I mean, if beating your daughter is a therapy session for you, then there's an issue. You need help. You like, you need, you need to be in the um, psych ward. You no, know, but I think it just as long as that child knows, not even associating gender to it, as long as the child knows that this is done for a reason, you know, and you make that very clear in how you carry it out, you know, then I don't think there was there's going to be an issue. But I'm not going to be lighter on my daughter just because she's a girl. Like you, you probably no. will, because. <laughs> You probably will. But most fathers are, though. Most fathers are, like, sweethearts when it comes to their baby girl. But that, but the son, they is, like, mad hard I'm on sure them. I'm sure I like, will. I'm sure I, it's inevitable. I mean, the way I treat women, period, I feel like, well, like, seeing from the way that I treat you, you know, and the way I treat my sister, I'm kind of, like, like, you be jacking sometimes that I'm, um, what is it again? Like I'm a um, pushover. Is that what it is? I don't know. Like somebody that, like you can easily sway. Okay, I guess yeah, pushover. That's pushover. I'm not no pushover. Subjecting, but. <laughs> Yo, you sure as hell will be for your daughter. I'll tell you that right now. Bro, I mean, I'm sure I will be. I'm gonna have such a sweet spot for them. I feel like it's not. And gonna... I'm gonna have to be the 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 mean mother. And be the the strict one because I gotta discipline them because you being a a a, a pushover. I'm not jacking that, bro. You go, yo. I'm gonna tell nah, she can't have that. And you be like, I right, yo, we should go to sleep. Like right. that's 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 what you gotta. Do. But I feel like I would do that for all my kids, though. I feel like I do that with my son too. <laughs> I feel like yeah, whatever. I feel like I feel like you're gonna be like the no the no factory because. You be saying no now for no reason. So I could just, <laughs> I could just imagine the joy that you gonna have in telling kids that they can't have things. You know, you be whatever. You be you you be you be starting their growth. You don't want to see them shine. What? I gotta look out for them. Whatever. So you seeing as though you won't. I mean, you will beat your daughter and son equally. Um. How do you feel like that would reflect on your daughter? Um, seeing that her father was beating her, do you think that will in any way um, transcend to her in a relationship where it would be okay for her to get beat by her man because her father did it to her? Like, how do you think that relationship will transcend? Well, I feel like for me, as I said, whoopings or beatings are going to be something that. Is the absolute last resort for me. First of all, 
I feel like the weapons that my daughter is going to get is going to be very, it's going to be like the very early stages of her life. You know, in my experience, like, I don't, I'm not, I don't believe in that boys will be boys thing. I feel like that's a whole fallacy. But at the same time, I do know that girls get it together, like, a lot faster. Like, not even a lot faster, but they just, they just, like, they just get it. You know what I'm saying? Like, girls, and I've seen this with my sister. But then again, my sister is treated differently than my older brother, you know? Like, they, my mom is, doesn't treat them the same, you know? And I think that's just because of her biases and what, how she's been raised. But, um... I feel like the beatings or the weapons that my daughter is going to get is not even going to be significant enough for her when she gets into a relationship with another man for her to be like, oh, I remember when my dad did this. Like, You know what I'm saying? Like, Because most mm-hmm. of my discipline is going to come from conversation. And my discipline is going to come from, you know, other methods of showing her that, okay, this is a better way to go about things. I hope, you know, what I'm going to work towards and assure that my daughter's going to have the ability to come to me and we can analyze and break down the situation, you know, and go over it. She can be like, yo, I felt this way. I did this thing wrong. I know it was wrong. I did this thing and I know it was wrong. What should I do that? You know, and because I trust that, she is aware of what's going on around her. I'm not going to discipline her from making a mistake because she's human. I'm not expecting her to be um, subhuman or I'm not expecting her to be Mother Teresa. Like, I know that she is human. So, like, we're going to talk. So, I feel like it's going to stop when it comes to things like she's going to re- she's going to pick it up at very subtle things. Things like having the door being held for her, having her walk on the right side, chivalry, and, you know, and being taken on dates and, like, being treated like a queen, like royalty. Those are things that is not even looked at as normal in our society. People get away with that all the time, but, you know, treating a girl like whatever, you know? So I feel like those things are going she's going to be exposed to that all the time. I'm going to take her on dates, like, you know, whenever I can. Like, make that routine. Take her on dates. We're going to talk. We're going to watch movies. I'm going to be, like, her introduction to what a a relationship with a real man is. You know, so she's never... I don't feel like she's... In regards to whoopings, she, she's not even going to get beat enough to know that, to even think back to a beating that she got that was comparable to something she's experiencing in the relationship that she's in. You know? Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. I hear you. But I also feel like it shouldn't necessarily stem from how much beatings she got, but why they were happening. Mm. And kind of going back to, you know, form of controlling where we said, well, I had said that, you know, is kind of basically to control the behavior 
where in a relationship, you know, if you were to say that to your girlfriend or something, you're not supposed to act that way kind of thing. It kind of it rubs you the hell of a, well, it hopes it rubs you the wrong way to kind of hear that. Mm-hmm. Um, even if, you know, what it, it doesn't have to necessarily be physical uh, abuse, um, but how would, you know, and this is, can be for boys and girls, you know, how will you make sure your child can identify the traits of abuse if you beat them or if you more so for if you beat them? But then I don't know. You see, that question gets tricky for me only because it's like, how long are you beating them for? Like, up until what age do you stop beating your kids? You know? I mean, I think that just depends. But like, does that matter? I feel like it does matter because it's like you grow with your children, you know, and mm-hmm. I feel like, OK, they've been getting beat because, as I said, toddlers, young kids don't have the cognitive ability to really think that deep into why, you know, whatever is going on. They're really impulsive. Now, as you mm-hmm. grow older, especially into your adolescent minor and uh, teenage stages you're you know what's up around you like you know what i'm saying you have children you have kid prodigies like kids know what's going on at that age you know and so given that when they go out and they start dating and start looking for people they're going to be dating people their age they're going to be dating adults you know what i'm saying so i feel like as a parent if you have grown with your child and you've shown them um, how, but even even when you're beating them, even at, when you're at, they're at that stage where you're whooping them, and there's always an intent of, okay, like, we're going to come to an understanding together and move past it, then I feel like there would never be an issue with how they handle that when they find somebody. You know what I'm saying? Because... I think the reason why you're probably asking that question is because a lot of parents don't switch up how they don't grow with their kids. They've been they do the same things that they've been doing since they were four to when they're nineteen, you know? And because that's what they've experienced their entire life, they associate that with what they're supposed to experience when they go out and look for seek love and seek, you know, things outside of the home. I feel like if you expose your kids, even in that stage, if you do whoop your child, but if they are exposed to the healthy characteristics of how to be in a relationship, you know, between you and the child, they will never have a problem. I mean, they're going to have to learn, of course, you know, to peer pressure, and they, but they'll know, they'll know what's up. You know what I'm saying? They'll know what's up when they get to that age. And I feel like that only applies when parents have done the same thing. They're, they've exposed their children to the same thing their whole life. They've been beaten there up until they leave for college. They're still getting beat. They're still getting, you know, treated like four-year-olds. And, you know, you it's just a matter of growing with them so that they can get to that point where you know they're good. I think that is a important part you mentioned where it's like, you know, really giving your child, you know, the the room to grow in a sense that not only grow like as an individual, but actually like show the growth of maturity, yeah. like in age, you know what I'm saying? Where 
you can really see how you you react, how they react, how they take care of situations while they're still under your roof, while they're still, you know, going to high school before they go off to college, see how they can actually handle situations that happen. Where I, you know, I've seen parents that won't even let their child speak for themselves. They child about to go off to, to college or you, you already in college or, you know, about to be married, like, mm. and their child doesn't even have the ability to speak for themselves. You know, when that when that parent is around, from what I've seen, um, simply because, you know, that parent has not allowed their child to really blossom into the individual that they really are. Yeah. And I think that is like a lot of things that parents are guilty for where they don't allow their child to really become who they are and they have to really discover who they are outside of the home. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it takes really, really, really hard lessons for them to understand and come to that conclusion and really learn how to be human, you know, how to be okay, like how to be an adult, you know, and trying to control your kids because I was just talking to somebody about this, like some parents, a lot of the times, especially Jamaican, Caribbean parents, they don't care what they do as long as they show you and others that they have control over their kids. And it's not even the sense that, that you respect them. They earn their stripes as becoming a good parent by being the most controlling. You know, you remember the famous uh, term from our church that, you know, remember when that person said that this person needs to keep their child on the leash? You remember that? Yes, I do remember. I recall such things. Yeah. And it's a that's a perfect example of it, like, they will go to any extent and any length, even and even make themselves look stupid in like a public crowd. They will embarrass you and embarrass themselves publicly just to reinforce to everybody that I have full control. I'm always in control of what's happening in my home. Nobody can come in my home and 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 tell me what to do with my kids. My kids is not raising me, you know. Like sometimes they won't even do anything. They will. They'll make you look dumb. So, to prove a point to other people, they'll embarrass you in front of other people so that other people can look at them a certain way, you know. And therefore, like I've experienced that sometimes your moms can act a certain way at the crib, but when they're out with their friends or they're around the church people, they want. They want to treat you all a certain way. They want to, like, it's similar to how slaves were with their slave masters, where they'd be like, yo, look what my slave can do. Look what I, what I can make my slave do. And it's like, there's an unwritten competition, unspoken competition that's going on, and everybody has to show and prove to each other who is the most dominant parent, you know? And it doesn't matter what's going on between the child and the parent, what you're doing to that child, how you might be affecting their growth and their life. But it's just, okay, I know that this is what it takes to be a good parent, you know? So I'm going to do this to the best of my ability. So, you know? Yeah, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, parents are comparing their children to other children and making 
you know, their own child feel like they need to act like something that they're not. Which is which goes back to what I'm what I said before about letting their child grow in their individuality. And a lot of times that gets cut off where, you know, they have to they're not allowed to be who they really are or express themselves in, you know, ways that is healthy for them because they're too busy trying to keep up with the next person because that's what their parents deem as the perfect child or the child they can be proud of you know something like that and I feel like that is like you know that's so sad that is like so sad (laughs) why you sound like Miley Cyrus (laughs) (laughs) like it's so discouraging you know like it's really like I that's something that I really drive for with Gabe like OD like I really want him to be able to tell me how he's feeling, whatever, you know, like, I remember, I, and, and at first I found it weird because it was like, like two years ago, maybe he was like, mommy, I'm sad. And at first it was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I kind of found it funny because I was just like, what the hell? Like, what's a little three-year-old sad for? Like, we, we, have, we he, he have lived life yet. He's sad about, but you know. It was also like, wait, he's telling me how he feels right now. I need to, you know, I need to explore this and find out why, not just shrug it off or, you know, and and this is where, like, it starts from young. Like, building that relationship starts from young. Don't just laugh at him and be like, oh, boy, please, go sit down. Mm-hmm. Boy, get out of here. You know, like, that. I hear that all the time. You know, boy, please, go sit down when they try to express themselves and stuff like that. Yo, ask them because they, they, they be having valid-ass insight, mm-hmm. bro. Like, they be having valid-ass insight. You know what I'm saying? And it's so sad that a lot of times we're quiet because of our age or because, Numbers. you know, we haven't experienced life yet. Numbers. <laughs> and a lot of times, you know, nowadays, they're, you know, go to a job and they want the young people because they can bring fresh mm-hmm. insight. But people don't think about it like that when it comes to, Children. you know, a young child. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And people are, as, as I said... It's all a numbers game to people as long as they can get because numbers show like a product. You know what I'm saying? Like numbers are like what people live on. They people live on how much money they get, you know. That's what makes you a good person. Of how much money you you have, how old you are, you know, what you can do based on certain things, what age you can date, you know what I'm saying? What age you like it's it's all a child will get beat because they have a boyfriend or girlfriend the year before they were told that they should start dating. They have a boyfriend at 15 and they get a beating because they were told that they need to have a boyfriend at, or girlfriend at 16, but they were never told why they need to have a boyfriend or girlfriend at 16. You know how confusing that is? What the hell is the difference 15 and 16, you know? A lot of parents would really, you know, don't think they have to explain Mm -hmm. themselves to kids. I said this, this is how it goes, this is how it should be, and this is what you're going to have to do. No questions asked, do what I tell you to do. And under certain circumstances, times like that, it is very necessary for me to have to ask you to do something and don't ask me nothing about it, do what I tell you. It's very necessary for that, you know, concept to be understood. Which is why I feel like a lot of parents stray towards that direction because it's very hard for a young child 
to understand the difference. That's you know very true. And as you said, a lot of parents don't feel the need to explain themselves and feel the need to uh, make sure that there is a mutual understanding between the two of them. You know, and it's it's right. always kind of like a, a dictatorship in regards to ideologies or, you know, opinions or viewpoints. Whoever's at the top is whoever is going to stand, stand firm. So, as I said, man, with my kids, I will never, I will never make the same mistakes that, you know, my parents made. And I think what's the saddest part about the mistakes that came from my parents is that they are thoroughly convinced that they were good ones, that the decisions that they made is, is okay. Not that, you know, they realize that they could have messed up in a certain place, but because of, as I said, the numbers game that we're playing, they have more numbers than you have, you know? Therefore, their intelligence is more than yours, or this is more than yours, that's more than yours, which is not true at all. You would be surprised what you could learn from somebody that just came out the womb, you know? Anybody can teach you anything. So I'm definitely, I'm going to strive to, you know, any child that I come in contact with, that they know that the healthy way of dealing with how to live you know, because discipline and abuse have very thin lines, you know, and a lot of the times mental, physical, and verbal abuse is substituted for discipline. But yeah, man, this is a really dope conversation. Uh, I hope what we, you know, spoke about could impact. You guys can take something from it. Big facts. We definitely... We definitely got more heat coming for y'all. Stay tuned. Yes, please stay tuned. And don't forget to share. And give us feedback. Definitely feedback. We definitely have some, you know, more so endeavors that we want to explore with you guys. So stay tuned for that. And um, we out. Welcome back to another episode of Hood Therapy. We're your host, Dylan and Danielle. And today we'll be going through the polls that our everybody has answered, or hopefully everybody, that some of our followers have answered on IG. Um Before she goes into that, um I just want y'all to know how uh happy I am and how much my life has changed. And I'm sure y'all are going to hear the difference in uh, audio quality because we're back together, y'all. Clap it up, clap it up, clap it up. Yes, yes, yes. We're in the same room now, and uh, we're not 300 miles apart. So <laughs> y'all not hearing uh, radiators and NASCARs driving past. So, <laughs> yes, sir. But, um, yeah, let's get into this. Absolutely. So the first one that um oh god, there's music behind it. Oops. Okay, so the first one that we did was if your fee if your male friend wants to have sex with you, then I don't believe that the relationship is genuine. 
So 45, no, I lied, 43% agreed that the friendship is genuine, that the friendship is not genuine, and then 57% disagreed. And said the friendship is genuine? And said, that, yeah, the friendship is genuine. So more people said it is genuine than not? Yeah. Uh, I don't feel like you can have a genuine relationship with somebody and have sex with them. A genuine friendship, at least, because once you have sex with that person, you're not friends anymore. It doesn't matter what you think or what you try to make it. You're not that person's friend. Like, sex does things to, you know, your psyche and things that are beyond your intel, you know, that are beyond your... Uh, conscious? Conscious. Uh, your conscious, but also, like, your um, acknowledgement, you know? Mm. Like, it has physical and mental effects on your body. You know, I believe in things like soul ties and and energy is, is truly real. And, you know, if you and your best friend have had sex, you've literally, like, connected your souls together. You know what I'm saying? That's literally what you're doing. That's what sex does. And you cannot stay friends with that person no matter how. It's either y'all are going to have to split because, you know, you know, things are getting too crazy. Y'all going to keep having sex or y'all going to get together. Like, there's no, there's no, like, going back to normal. Well, I mean, I think that, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that part. I do also agree, you know, I agree too in, like, soul ties and stuff like that. But I also think that it depends on the person, like your relationship, in the sense that you as an individual and him as an individual or whoever it is, like whoever the best friend is, because I, I have my best, I have a good best friend. But it depends on like, you know, whoever that other person is. And, you know, it can, I think it just, yeah, it just depends on you as an individual because and it depends on what you want to mm. like it i think that's also a, a major key it depends on what you want if you want something from him you will always try and get it but if you know that you know like it's not anything that is gonna like you know like happen or like i don't see why you can't maybe not necessarily revert back but have a change in the relationship Mm. And I don't think that change has to necessarily be a bad thing. I don't think that it can only be something that either has to split up, not talk to each other again, or we have to get together now. I think that you can have a genuine friendship after you've stopped having sex, but I don't believe that you can really have a genuine friendship if you're having sex. Because if you're just having sex, I mean, like... It's just like if you were to be in a relationship, if you're just having sex in a relationship, I don't really think that's genuine. But then I guess this question is if your male friend wants to have sex, I don't feel like that's genuine because, you know, he's not being a, he's not being a friend anymore. Yeah, he's not concerned about the friendship. He just wants to have sex with you. That's clearly his intentions beforehand is to have sex. Usually it's just 
niggas is chilling and you know shit happened you know what i'm saying yeah shit happened wasn't really planned to do it but this man is planning to have sex with you his his effort of making a friend with you i don't feel like it was ever really there because when he saw you his goal was driven on having sex well see that also depends because i think that that's definitely true for some people but then other people that's not necessarily true where you have people that, you know, once they got to know you and they see that you're really cool, they're like, oh, damn. Like, I wonder how this would be. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, as again, I think a lot of what you're saying is true, but I don't think it applies all the time, every time. Yeah, of course. I don't think so either. But I, I think, like, I guess the bare, like, minimum... I would per se. Mm-hmm. Um, especially considering I didn't even hear fully that you said um, he wants to have it. Like, I feel like there are certain things that you just don't do when As you're a friends. Friend, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You it changes your, their relationship. Yeah, you call yourself a friend to somebody. There are certain things that, we're, bro, we're not doing this, you know? And I feel like a lot of people get stuck in that, you know? I was having somebody tell me the other day that, you know, they're with somebody that hasn't cuffed them, but yet when she, you know, talks about things or talks about other guys as a problem, you know what I'm saying? Like, she has to stay loyal to her friend. I'm like, bro, what's up with you? Like, if you should be... If that person wants you to be, you know, fully thorough with who they, who you're talking to and they want you to give them your all, da, 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 then you should let me know. Yo, I'm trying to cuff you. Like, I'm trying to take things serious and I want you to take things serious as well. Well, you damn sure not going to tell me that you're not rocking with me or you don't, you don't think we should be on a... Uh, an intimate level, we should stay on a platonic level, but yet I can't talk to nobody. What the hell? You don't make no rules, bro. After that, it's good. You got no say. Yeah, it's over. If there's no sense of commitment, you cannot expect any, like, you cannot expect things of me outside the boundaries that we have already set. Yeah. All you need to expect from, from me is to say hi and bye to you. You know what I'm saying? Like, all the things that friends do, we go out to chill, we go out to eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, we do friend shit. Other than that, everything else is clip. I don't care about how you feel. Because you, you have, especially if I tried to do that and you dubbed it, bro, You everything you have to say after that is a dub. I, I really don't care about um the words that people say. But I care about when they say it, how they say it, and... um. The, the actions was really what's important to me because that's all you need to communicate. Yeah. 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 I agree. Yeah, man. Okay. Next one says, if you're in a relationship, is it normal to be attracted to other people? So 67 agreed. Mm. 67% agreed. And then 33% disagreed. Mm. Damn, this one is tough. I think... That I don't 
I think it's only like human for you to, you know, think somebody else is attractive. Uh-huh. I, I I don't think because you think <laughs> somebody is attractive that you know you're like stepping outside of your relationship. All yeah. because like beauty is beauty. Like what you see is like that you know catches your eye. Like that that's 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 simple attraction. You know what I'm saying? But I think it's different if you were to be you know thinking about them, fantasizing them, fantasizing them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that's different. But if you're like, oh, damn, like, she's cute. Mm-hmm. Or she look good. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Like, I don't see how there could be... I know some people, like, get, I guess they get jealous. But then I feel like that also kind of stems from an insecurity that they may have. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for me, I, I have, like, I have no issue. Of course, you know, when we watch movies... We always be like, oh, like, we see some cute person that come on. And I be looking at him, like, I be looking at him like, don't you dare say it. Don't you dare say it. But, you know, like, I'm not expecting, you know, you to yeah, be thinking about her after the movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. And I feel like uh, it's just as. As you said, beauty catches the eye. You know, whatever catches your eye, you can't help that. You know, as it's just as objective as anything else. You know. Yeah. Like, the the leaves on the tree is green. You know, like there's a car driving on the street. It's all the same. As simple as that is, it's just as the same. That person is beautiful. You know, because that has nothing to do with anything that you have like learned about them or or you have taken the time to figure out like it's it's off rip you know what i mean because as the more you get to know a person is either they become more beautiful or they they grow into their looks for you or they prove to you that damn they're not really like what i thought they were you know what i'm saying they're not all that cuz you know when somebody's whack like they're beautiful on the outside, but they're shallow on the inside. That you like, yo. They just seem less attractive to you. That's for me. I don't. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. What about you? You feel that way? Nah, yeah. If you if you're like me, I look for personality. Not to say that you can be ugly and I date you. Like mm-hmm. if that's you know, like of course I want a good looking guy. But what really like would solidify our relationship or my like you know whatever I would have towards you, that would have to be your personality. Yeah. And if you have if you have no personality, I cannot be I cannot be with you. How do you have no personality? <laughs> like you should be ashamed of yourself. How is that is essential in living human life. You, how do you have no personality? But see but, I, I so I have a question now because you talked about being close to somebody. Mm-hmm. So do you think you can be attracted to somebody that is like in your circle of friends that's not your girlfriend? Not me. Um, so, like, you're saying if, if we all are, like, closer together and because of the closeness that I found to that person, I find them attractive? Well, not really because of the closeness. Not, like, like, let's say, like, let's say, all right, we all, we grew up together. Mm-hmm. And you realize that, like, 
like you were like, oh, like you know, like she's really pretty, mm-hmm. like she's beautiful. Do you think that's okay? Yeah, I feel it's the same thing. The same thing. It's Even though you know that person, you are close with that person. Yeah. Same thing. It's definitely the same thing. Because as I said, beauty is objective. You know what I'm saying? I feel like to a certain extent, you know when a person is beautiful and you know when a person is not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder, beholder, yeah. But you know when a nigga ugly, bro. Like, you can say, bro, that nigga's ugly, bro. What? And And you know when they're not. I don't know. I feel like it's just that because as, as I said, as you get to know that person more and as you get to grow with them, mm-hmm. I feel like your perception of them will change. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Your perception of them will change. But that it's what whatever you perceive as you know, beautiful off rip is what and you is what you're gonna identify with that person. You know what I'm saying? And as a, for me, off rip is if she's black <laughs> if she's black bro that's one I, my preference is darker skinned woman you know what I'm saying so that's just another thing that's gonna grab my eye you know what I'm saying like straight teeth that's another thing that's gonna grab my eye style that's another thing that's gonna grab my eye how you smell is another thing that's gonna grab my eye your nose <laughs> <laughs> what <laughs> What you talking about? Because it's slow. Never mind. Your nose, I guess, is one But, that's some weird shit. But, nah, like, these are all things that, if they're in the right place, I'm, you got me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, you got my attention. That's it. You don't got anything more than my attention. But do you think that beauty is different from attraction? Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I really don't know. I think that I think there's a difference between beauty and attraction. Hmm. I think you have, I can think you look good. Or I think you're beautiful. All that you have, you know, physical appearance. You you got it. But I also think there's a difference as to what I guess you're attracted to. And I and I think as I said, I think it just depends on what you're attracted to. Mm-hmm. Because then I don't think that there would be anything wrong with you being attracted to that person's teeth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or that darker skin tone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I think, you know, I think it only becomes an issue when you are fantasizing about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because once you start fantasizing that's when you're stepping out on your relationship. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you're not, if it's not about your girl or your man or whatever, I think that's when, you know, like, you, it's okay to be, I think it's okay to be attracted to these certain traits that you, you like. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As long as it, that's, that's it. It doesn't come between the two of you guys. Yeah, as long as it. As it, long as it stops right there. Yeah. It's like, you're attracted, you're attracted. You know? But, but as you say, I think the reason why this is even a conversation is because a lot of people are insecure and they feel that because they're not sure within themselves that they have everything um, that needs to be offered to their significant other, you know, 
they're always guessing like, oh, does he think I'm, does he think, uh, does he like this? Will he like this? Will he like this? Because really, and honestly and truly, you don't like anything, <laughs> you know? Like, you don't know what you want. You mm-hmm. don't know what you like. Right. You know? And as a man, I love when a woman, like, knows exactly what she wants. You know what I'm saying? And I love when women are sure. Yo, I'm going outside with my bonnet today. Like. <laughs> That's me. Yeah. Every day. <laughs> like, I don't give a fuck who's looking at me. You know what I'm saying? Like, my hair... But the bonnet feel good on my head. I'm aware. You know what I'm saying? Like, and the more happier she is doing things that she wants, is the more happier y'all gonna be together. So you might as well just do what you want. Like, don't worry about what no nigga want for you. Like, cause at the end of the day, he can get up and leave you anytime he want. You know what I'm saying? And it's only gonna be you. And the same thing goes for men. A lot of men too feel like they have to. Be a certain be, way. Yeah, be a certain way and talk a certain way, walk a certain way, wear certain things. Just because, just for the sake of women. Like, men really be working overtime and saving a breach to spend money on females so that they can, you know, let them fuck or, or give them a certain piece of themselves, you know, and boost their ego. Like, bro, you might as well do what you want because at the end of the day, once all is said and done and she gets tired of you, she's leaving. And you're gonna have to keep putting that effort in, bro. You could have you could have done You could have worked on yourself. Yeah, you could have done did something crazy by now. You could have been a millionaire. Bro. See now I, I gotta put the post to a side. I gotta talk about this. We gotta talk about this real quick. Because I saw this post on on Instagram mm-hmm. and it was this man, he had locks and he's like, you know, he's like no shirt on or whatever. And he's in the camera. He taking himself out. He like he know he look good. He know he look good. He know he look good. And people in the comments were like, "I don't like men that are like confident in themselves. That are not even not even they didn't even say the word confident, but they were like how that feel too good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Or like I I don't remember the exact term that they used, but they were like how they don't like when they see men." That are, I guess what they, I guess what you said, confident, but like overly confident. Like they see too much of themselves. Like they know that they look good. Yeah, yeah, they know that they look good. They don't like men that know that they look good. And one of the comments was like how if, if you have a man and he's taking the time to grow his hair and take care of his hair, you should not be surprised if he cheats on you with another man. And I was like, I want you, bum, bum. Like what? Oh, the rest are gone. You see what people people have convinced themselves that you know doing no, doing the right thing. People have convinced themselves that even being healthy is wrong, and instead of dealing with their insecurities and their problems, they have convinced themselves that doing the right and healthy thing is the wrong thing to do that's that is ridiculous and it's like okay i understand the you know people that they know that they look good and they're just trying to like you know that they're doing too much Mm -hmm. they're doing too much i i can understand that but how can you judge that off of social media 
When number one, everybody is going to try and look good on social media. Mm -hmm. Nobody's going to just like not try and look good on like, no, no. social media, everybody is trying to look their best top tippity shape because yeah. if they don't y'all finna come for them exactly. y'all come for them when they look ugly and when they prouder, they, they look good on themselves you gonna tell them they're overly confident and you don't like that mm-hmm. and then when they when they take when they take pride in themselves and make sure their appearance is up to par you gonna tell them that that's gay huh huh that's crazy I was like yo what the hell I ain't never seen no, no thing like that before bro Nah, man, I see this all the time. It's like the nature of a man to everybody is supposed to be, you know, just full of of grime and dirt and and stupidity. You know what I'm saying? Where a man can be looked at as homosexual for putting the time and effort into making sure that he's at tip-top shape. I I saw that, that post, too, you know? And the man was extremely handsome. The man, you can tell, takes care of his body. His locks was, like, down his back. He, like... Nice and curled yeah. and everything and healthy. You can tell he took... He puts a lot of pride in taking care of himself. And another thing that I noticed is that a lot of people don't take care of themselves for themselves. A lot of people don't take care of themselves because they should be taking care of themselves. They're taking care of themselves for, for other people. The next, yeah. yeah, to fit in. Yeah. Okay, you know, I feel like a lot of people do that, especially when they make more money. Mm. Okay, I've you made more money. Yeah, I got to eat a certain type of food now. You know what I'm saying? I got to no have a certain type of diet. Yeah, feel me? Like I moved out the hood. Steak and potatoes only. I yeah, I can afford a new a new echelon of food. It's like, bro, you need to do things because they, they should be done. He's taking care of his locks because his locks need to be taken care of. Like, there's no other way around it. If his locks are not taken care of, they're going to fall out his damn head. He needs to take care of his skin because if he doesn't take care of his skin, it's going to peel. Like, <laughs> acne. It's going to have the acne, yeah. Like, I just, I, I, that's just a weird, like, I, that's just, like, because I, I, I guess maybe coming up in a Caribbean household, it was always try to be presentable. Mm-hmm. And that was something that was not just for the ladies. Yeah. But that's just for the men. Mm-hmm. But then I also can, you know, relate to it where it's, you know, the men are supposed to be the ones that have rough hands. Yeah. But the ladies, they got to have the dainty, nice, soft up, soft up on them. Mm-hmm. As if men shouldn't want to not have ashy ass hands. Yeah. Exactly. But it's okay because a man has ashy ass hands because that shows that he's a hard worker. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Do you see what, you do see, do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's like, huh? As if the woman not putting in as much work, or even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As she has hands, because your skin is dry as hell, means you're a hard worker. <laughs> you just need lotion, bro. Like, bro. Put some, baby oil off, or put, put some baby oil on your skin after you come out the shower, and you will not have that issue. But it's not even Cocoa an issue. butter. But you see, that's the thing. It's not even an issue, because, as I said... It's either that they say, oh, you're gay, you're gay, you're this, or they like to categorize men. Oh, that man is a certain type of man. That man is a uh, a woke type of man, or he's a, uh, you know, like a prideful type, or he's a soft kind of man. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And another guy is a hard, bro. It's, there's a, there's no classifications. 
you're supposed to take care of yourself. There is no going around that. Yeah. The benefits of taking care of yourself versus not taking care of yourself, it's it's a landslide. Like there's you. That's not something you argue. You know what I mean? You don't argue if you're going to pee in the morning <laughs> or if you're going to take a shit. Like that's not things you argue about. You need to you need to take care of yourself, bro, and you need to do it to the best of your absolute ability. Without the stigma of of. If you're a man or... Everybody needs to take care of themselves. Fuck what you are. You call yourself a, a a turtle. It doesn't matter what you are. You need to take care of yourself the best way you can to stay alive. That's what. That's what. That's how it works. And people are just... Are shot. They're shot in the head. You feel me? Like, just because you're a man, you can't do this. Or, uh, like, everybody expects you to have... A certain, like, like demeanor, mm. you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. or a certain outlook on everything, and they generalize everybody based on a couple of people, and just because that's your gender, it doesn't matter what you've been through in your life. It doesn't matter what you know, what you've been taught. Your educational background, you know what you're interested in. Nope, doesn't no, matter. Nothing, none of that is, is is important because you're a man. You're supposed to think like this, mm-hmm. you know. And it's a shame, bro. It's a shame. How how can you call a man gay for taking care of himself? Like that's crazy. I I, I commented under that. I was like, so a man taking pride in himself is something that. So I was like, wait, so you don't make sure you look good? You don't make sure you're presentable coming out the house? Like you don't make sure that your 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 mustache is on point or your beard is on point coming out the house. Right, have, only, a, have uh, it looking kind of, all kind of crazy. I don't do it that well. <laughs> <laughs> I only do it like a, a little, little bit. bit. <laughs> I'm only a little good at taking care of myself. Disgusting. Okay, the next one we have here is: Do men cheat because they're unhappy or because they want sex? So there is forty three percent for unhappy. And fifty-seven percent for want sex. Um. And this is pretty close numbers together. This is pretty close. Yeah. I think that men cheat because they are unhappy. I think it depends on the men. I think some men cheat because they want sex, and some men cheat because they're unhappy. I don't think there's any one reason as to why men cheat. And yeah. I feel like it's not only specific to men either. Yeah. I think it's women as well. I don't think women cheat out of emotion. That's dumb as hell. Because if women cheat out of emotion, so do men. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. I don't believe that just women cheat out, out of emotion. That's dumb to me. Because as if men don't have emotions. Yeah. No, they do. I you think, know what I'm saying? I think it's... But I think that's the reason why men cheat. Because of that reason that you just mentioned that. They say women cheat on emotions and men don't. And I feel like it's because the ideology is there that men don't have emotions. Why? It's just they want sex. Mm. And not that them wanting sex is tied to anything. Mm. And that's why I feel like it's a sense of unhappiness. It might not be unhappiness either. I don't think em- unhappiness is the only emotion. Because they could just be insecure. They could be addicted. They could be, you know, there's a whole bunch of shit that could be going on on as to why they need sex so much you know what i'm saying and 
it's because men are expected not to have emotions and not to feel anything. It's like, oh, I just want to have sex. No, that's never the case. You, There's a reason, there's a motivation, there's a catalyst for why that's something that you want to do so bad. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And it could just be, you know, peer pressure. There's a lot of things that go into it, but I feel like not that it's only unhappiness, but there's emotions behind um, why men do what they do. And I feel like, as you said, it's the same for women. Like, they say, oh, a woman cheat because they feel inadequate or they feel like they're not getting what they need. It's bullshit. Bullshit. Bro, everybody... There's no difference between, you know... Gender. Gender. When yeah. it's y'all doing the same thing, y'all, y'all both cheating. Yeah, the main main thing is that y'all cheating. And I feel like women, to a certain extent, are held less accountable for their cheating because their intentions or their reasoning behind it is better than a man's reasoning. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like a man's reasoning is simple as to cheating. But a woman, she suffered through a lot and she did a whole bunch of stuff and blah, 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 blah. So she cheated. And it's like, oh, I get it, sis. You know, you did your thing. Mm, you know what I mean? Interesting. But when a man, it, you know, when it, when it has to do with a man, it's like, oh, you know, F him, F him, yada, yada, yada. And he is less likely to be held accountable for his actions because, you know, I also feel like because he's expected to be, uh, um, to do what he's doing. I never, I just, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. I, I guess I never, yeah, I just never thought about it like that. That's interesting. I guess, you know, like, men, because for me, men and women, they cheat for various amount of reasons. Mm-hmm. They could be cheating because somebody cheated on them first. Yeah. In the relationship. They could be cheating because, you know, they need to be filling a gap inside. Their spouse isn't filling a gap inside. I just don't feel like it's specific to one person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, I mean, or specific to the gender. Yeah. Yeah, it's not gender specific at all. There's no different way. And especially that point, especially that point that you said where, you know, because of the whole lack of men having emotions, that really, this whole men cheating because they want sex came about. I think that's, I think that's, that was, I think that was, I think that was fire. Yeah, that's why it's so simple, you know what I'm saying, because they can't locate it. And the one thing I can say about women, they usually always have a, some sense of, you know, um, interaction with their emotions, because that's how all women are taught. All women are taught to be conscious about something, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't walk down a certain street because there's niggas on that street, or you can't do this. You can't do that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you got to think about this, that, and third. Yeah, you got to think about things all the time. No matter how dumb you are, you always have a sense of of um, responsibility. Men don't have to worry about that. Men just do what they want. They you know what I'm saying? They're not held to that standard. Yeah, they're not held to any standards. They're not held to any responsibilities or any expectations. You know what I'm saying? And on top of that, they're not taught to... They're not even taught to have emotions. So it's like everything they do is... That's why everything they say, everything they do is logical. You hear that all the time. Everything men do is logical because it's point blank. Because they don't think about the intangibles because they don't have to. They're not required to think about what happens in between. You know, so 
Yeah, I don't. As you said, I don't think it's something that is gender specific. Like both do it the same way, or for different reasons, or you know. Piggybacking off of what you said. Mm-hmm. Do you feel as though, um, because men aren't held to that standard? Mm-hmm. Um, or that have that sense of responsibility that women do. Do you feel as though that is why men walk out of uh, relationships easily or even like fatherhood easily? And women tend to be the one that um, would, you know, stick around, stick around or raise that children because they have that sense of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. I think... Um as you said, yeah, they don't really, they never really get to understand the impact of their actions. You know what I'm saying? Because I know if every father that has walked out their child's life could feel the guilt and the shame and the pain from that, they would never do it. Even They wouldn't even think about doing it. You know? Because when real men that love their kids are separated from their kids... They, you know, yeah, you just feel you ever feel like you did something wrong, and you just feel that like how it affects your, mm-hmm. you know, your every, your every movement. Breath. Yep. Imagine thinking every day, having to live every day with the fact that your child is abandoned and their life is significantly less productive because you're not there, and you're on this earth, you're on this earth, probably with another family, probably to do this to another son. <laughs> And you're you're thinking about that? You would never do it. It would kill you. The guilt would kill you. But a lot of them have... They don't... They have been so out of touch with themselves that it's like... With their emotions. They're just just on impulse. They're just acting. They're just acting. You know what I'm saying? Whatever they're thinking is is coming out of them. You know? So, um, I don't... I definitely think that's the reason why it's easier for men to walk out in regards to women because as I said women always kind of have that sense of responsibility like yo you know they can always see in between the lines and and differently from how men how men do it hmm. yeah. yeah yeah okay last one is there a difference between maturity and growth so 78% said yes, and 22% said no. Hmm. Interesting. For me, I think there definitely is a difference between maturity and growth. Because um, you can't grow down. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't negatively grow. If you're growing, you're always you're always going up. So if if low is day room, right, and you grow, you're not day room anymore. Like you can't be day room and then you've grown and then you're still day room. Like you didn't grow at all. Because literally, growing is just the um. You're you're at one place, 
and you've moved to a better place. You know? And I don't feel like you can do that when you're... Uh, that doesn't apply in growth. Now, maturity, I think maturity is just the... Uh, maturity has more to do with the time in that place rather than the um the as to where it's going. So I feel like if you're somebody that's narcissistic as the child, if you're a ten year old narcissistic kid and you're manipulative, you can grow you can mature, sorry, into a man who learns how to use his uh, manipulative and narcissistic nature to get what he wants. Because at first, it might just be like, you know, kind of, you're not doing it really good, or it's like, you're not really getting what you want and stuff like that. But as you learn people and as you learn time, through time, it matures into something better. Even though it's not a good thing, it matures positively. Because now you've learned what it takes and it's it's at its, you know, point where it can work. You know, I feel like mat- maturity can go either way. It could be good maturity or it could be bad maturity. And I feel like if you have a, a, a cut that festers, it's maturing. But it's not maturing the way it should, you know, it should be. It's It's growing into something worse because you're not treating it, you know? Mm. So what you're saying is that uh, growth is about, like, the mindset that has become positive. Mm -hmm. But maturity is about more so the time is that what you're saying the time or even if it's not about the time but it's maturity is something that can um be positive or negative yeah. but growth has to be has to always be positive. positive yeah yeah i don't think you yeah i feel like you can have bad habits that mature you have bad habits that are not dealt with, that you haven't grown out of, that mature into your adulthood. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So maturity is really more about age. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, per se. You know? Okay. Yeah. Because, well, I wouldn't say age. I think, because, I think experiences can allow your maturity to um, grow a lot further and a 50-year-old wouldn't have experienced something that a 20-year-old could have. Like, in those 20 years that person's been alive, mm-hmm. they've experienced a lot of shit for uh, their, act- their their beliefs to mature a lot faster. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't say it's necessarily age, but it's, um, more, so, yeah, it's more so the time experience. and experiences that have gone into making, um, maturing those ideologies that you have, Mm. you know? But I feel like you have to grow before you mature. It takes growing, getting out of a situation. It's like, 
okay, this is the right way I should do it. And then you, those, um, as you experience more and as you grow older, those ideologies begin to mature, you know? And I feel like a lot of people live just maturing as if that's something that they can control. You can't really control maturity in a way. You can, but you can't. And I think, uh, and saying that you can't really control maturity is like, like things are going to control, things are going to mature. You're going to mature in whatever you're doing, whether you like it or not. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's not up to you whether, you know, what you do or what you believe is going to mature. Because you're always going to be experiencing as long as you're alive. But growth, I feel like, is something that you have to put in the discipline and the work and the effort to achieve. So, so basically, so what you're saying is, so growth takes discipline. Mm-hmm. But you're going to mature anyways. Yeah, yeah. And it's either you mature negatively or you mature positively. Whatever you believe now... Is what it will mature into. And, yeah, you're going to mature into a more, like, defined belief, you know? So if you believe bullshit, you're just going to be better bullshit, you know, or or more polished bullshit when you, you know, as it matures, as you experience more. And as you use that bullshit to, you know, deal with life, it's going to make that more accustomed to your, you know, your personality. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's yeah, I definitely I definitely believe that there is a difference. And I guess for the reasons that you have said, I, I agree with. I think that, you know, a lot of times, you know, people kind of... I guess the difference isn't labeled. And... Or, like, defined correctly... Mm-hmm. Or that distinction isn't made. And it kind of puts people at, like... Making them feel like they're doing something wrong. And people are always trying to be like... Oh, growth this, growth. Oh, Pete, like, you know? Like, as if, you know, you have to be doing something. Yeah. Or, like, it, you know, like, it takes, you know... More, I guess, because I also feel like growth doesn't necessarily take eminent action, just mm-hmm. like maturity. Like you're gonna, you're gonna mature anyways. Yeah. But I think with the growth, that is, I think growth has to really break you down, mm. and like not a like a not a bad break you down, yeah. but a positive break you down. You know what I'm saying? Like something that can show you your true self. Yeah. Like I think with growth, it has to show you your true self. Your true version has to be, you know, exposed. has to be pro, yeah, has to be exposed. That and I think that is the first step mm-hmm. to growth. You really knowing who you are without any change that you have made. Mm-hmm. You knowing who you really are. I think that's the first step, and I think that is what is really important. Yeah. Because as you know, if you have, if you find out who you really are, like it does not matter like how how long you take to fix something. You know what I'm saying? You put that first step, it's there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it'll it'll always be something that 
Because you, like I said, you, we, but like we always say, you know, there will always be things that you have to work on for the rest of your life until you die. Yeah. You're not going to be able to fix something and then it's out the window. You don't have to worry about it no more. Yeah. You will always have to continue working on yourself. And like, as long as mm-hmm. you get that first step there, yeah. you're valid. You're good. You're and valid. as she said, what she said was so beautiful because it's the, all about the effort, you know, and people swear that they want people that are already like you know have things all figured out and oh you have to what is it self-love you have to make sure that you fix yourself before you get into a relationship you know what i'm saying and what the the main important thing is you're never going to be able to fix yourself by yourself it's impossible you know what i'm saying you you, there's a lot of things you're going to miss out on because it's just you dealing with yourself going through life you know but now, that's why it's important to take everybody around you serious. That's why you're going to want people around you that will tell you about yourself if, you know, you're doing the right or wrong things. Because, and are truly honest with you, not people that are just there to, you know, take up space. But people that are truly honest with you. So now, you know what you need to do to to put the work in, but it's all about the effort. The effort is what counts. It's not about you bringing baggage into a relationship because you cannot help that. That is inevitable. And it doesn't have to be a relationship either. Yeah, it doesn't it's have to be a relationship. Any type of relationship. Right? Any type of friendship, friendship or, yeah. you know, with your parents. It could be Mentor, anything. Mentor, yeah. Yeah. Anything. As long as you are willing to put in that effort to change and you have an open mind and knowing that this person is not telling you these things because they want to take advantage of you but you know they truly want the best for you they're able to show you what your unconscious is yeah yeah they're able to see what you can't see yeah you know so once that's out the way then you're you're fine you know what i'm saying you're fine because at that point anything can get past you can understand anything because your mind has been open and you're able to uh putting the work and the effort to change. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, man. I'm glad we're back together. This is so fire. Mwah. I'm glad as well. I hope you guys heard the um, nervousness in my voice. You nervous around me? Relax. <laughs> I haven't seen her in like two months. I've never gone that long. Straight without seeing her before. But this has really taught me to know what I really need in my life. You need me? Say it. Say it. Say it. I'll only say it for the people. Say it. I need you. Ah! Y'all heard it here, folks. And with that, it's a wrap. We're your host, Daniela Dillon, and we out.